Hey, what's going on, everyone? We are so glad you're choosing to take time out of your day to listen to our sermons. Our prayer for you is that these messages would not replace your belonging to a local church, but would only be supplemental in your walk with Jesus. With that being said, we love you, and we hope you enjoy the message today. Hey, folks, happy Easter. Welcome to our online Easter service, Easter 2020. Very strange Sunday. And probably for the last few Sundays, you've been looking and joining in with us, maybe in your bedroom, some of you, but most of you in your living rooms. So this morning, we're going to start Easter Sunday in our living room. So why don't you come with us and from your living room to our living room, join in the worship as we start Easter Sunday 2020.
Good morning, South Valley, and welcome to Easter Sunday. And we know that this is a little bit of a different Easter, but we're going to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you can make noise, you can sing along from your homes, and we're going to change it up a little bit because we're not together, and we are going to do it a little bit different in that we're just going to be focusing a little inward. And some of these songs, the idea behind the songs that we're going to worship with this morning is the fact to just get our hearts prepared for the message and the reminder of what Christ did for us. So where you are, we want you to join with us as we sing these songs. Let them just come over you and let the Holy Spirit just work in your lives and work in your home. If you are coming from South Valley Lamore or South Valley Porterville or maybe you're tuning in for the first time, we welcome you here and we want to celebrate what Christ has done on Easter Sunday. So let's do it. was crowned with thorns is crowned with glory now the Savior nailed to wash our feet now at his feet we
You call me from the grave by name. You call me out of all my shame. I see the old has passed away. The new has come. Now I have resurrection power living on the inside Jesus you have given us freedom no longer bound by sin and darkness living in the light of your goodness you have given us freedom I'm dressed in Yeah. 
Good morning, South Valley, and what a great morning it is indeed, because today we celebrate a risen Savior. It's a holy celebration up in here today. In, in your homes, all over the world, we get to celebrate something that's indeed one of the cornerstones of our faith, is that while Jesus died for us on the cross for our sins out of his love for us, he rose again and is alive today. And so we hope that you and your families and your friends, wherever you are, as you kind of huddle around in, in your homes watching uh, social distancing style, watching this service today. We hope that that's something that just breathes life into you today. And so we just wanted to raise the roof with y'all uh, for just a huge celebration. Now, one thing that we want to do, a couple things, is we at South Valley, we really missed you guys a whole lot, and we want to be able to see you. And so what we're inviting you to do is however church looks like for you on a Sunday morning as you're viewing church online today, we want to see what that looks like. And so if you if you all wouldn't mind, just snap like a, a quick selfie of you and your family, or or even if it's just you with, you know, your little breakfast, your little coffee or something uh, toward the, the TV screen or the computer screen or a screenshot of some sort, uh, just to show us what South Valley is doing with SVCC online. And if you post that on social media, please use the hashtag SVCC online. And you never know, we might be able to grab that and use that in some of our posts that we do uh, throughout the week. And so if you wouldn't mind doing that, that would be such a blessing to our heart to be able to see uh, how you're doing. And uh, if you're not involved uh, in, in terms of social media, if you're not following us with social media already, we just wanna encourage you to do that. So uh, we have a Facebook page, we have an Instagram page, uh, SVCC Lamore for both of those. And then we also have three brand new YouTube channels. We have one for our church, SVCC Lamore. We have one for our youth, SVCC Foundation, so for our middle school and high school students. And we also have one for our kids, SVCC Kids. And for the most part, I think you're pretty familiar with some of the other social media platforms we have. And so I wanna really in, in, invite you to follow those pages, click the subscribe button for those YouTube pages so that you can get those updates uh, often. And then we also just wanna say thank you. You know, in, in such an unprecedented time, uh, things are very different, but we wanna say thank you just for your continued giving. Uh, your discipline in giving is allowing for the message of God to be able to be shared with, uh, with people all around the world. We have people from uh, various places watching our online services. And so uh, we just wanna say thank you. Uh, if you are continuing to, uh, to desire to practice that discipline of giving, we just wanna remind you of a few ways that you can do that. Uh, you can of course go online to our website, svcclamore.org, and you can click on the donate button, which is on the top of the webpage there, and do your online giving there. There's also a way to text your giving. And uh, as always, you can also bring your offering to the church office. Our church office is not 1050 West Bush Street. That is the church building. However, our office building is 25 Willow Drive. And so if you mail any checks there, uh, you're gonna wanna make sure to mail them to 25 Willow Drive. As well, you can uh, drop them off at the mailbox that's in front of our church office too, and we check that daily. Um, we just wanna say thank you so much for joining us this morning in our prayer for you and your family today is that the love and grace and peace of Jesus would just beam in and through you today as you celebrate, as we all celebrate, and that the whole world celebrates today a risen Savior. Happy Easter, happy Resurrection Sunday. Enjoy your day with us. Thank you for joining us. Unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. I'm no longer a slave. I am child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. From my mother's womb, 
Dear Heavenly Father, as we've had an opportunity to worship you this morning, we pray that you would continue to move, Lord. As we look into your word, speak powerfully through your message this morning. Help us just to stay focused on you, casting out all other distractions, and just take you in this morning. Let this be your day and allow you to work, Lord. So again, we look forward to how you're going to move, Lord. We welcome you into every place that we are worshiping at, Lord, and just pray that you would move in great and mighty ways. In your name we pray these things. Amen. Hey, on this Easter Sunday 2020, on Easter Sunday we will never forget. Let's begin with the words of Scripture as we turn to preaching this Sunday. It's in the letter to Ephesians written by the Apostle Paul, chapter 1, and towards the end of that chapter he says these words, I ask the God of our Master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing Him personally, your eyes focused and clear, so that you can see exactly what He is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life that He has for us, His followers. And then He finishes with these words. All this energy issues from Christ, whom God raised from the dead. Resurrection Sunday. In my rereading of one of my favorite books, if you want to walk in water, you've got to get out of the boat, the author tells this brilliant story. A woman contacted her pastor because her doctor had diagnosed her with an incurable disease. And he had told her that she only had a few months to live. And so, she contacted her pastor because she wanted to make arrangements for her funeral service. He visited her, and she shared with him the songs that she wanted to sing, the scriptures that should be read. She even told him the words that should be spoken at the service, and that she should be buried with her favorite Bible in the casket. But before he left, and she called out to him, one more thing, pastor. And he asked, well, what is it? And she, she said, well, this is important. I want to be buried with a fork in my right hand. And the pastor, he didn't know what to say. I mean, no one has ever made a request right like that before. So, she explained, well, in all my years of going to church functions, Whenever food was involved, my favorite part was when whoever was cleaning away the dishes of the main course, they would lean in and they would say, you can keep your fork. And it was my favorite part because I knew what that meant. It meant that something great was coming. It wasn't going to be jello. It was going to be something with substance, like cake or pie, biblical food. So, I just want people to see me there in the casket with a fork in my hand, and I want them to wonder, what's with the fork? And then I want you, pastor, to tell them something better is coming. Keep your fork. People. Easter Sunday 2020, we might be online because of COVID-19. You might have lost your job. You might not have seen family or friends for several weeks. You might be anxious. You might be fear-filled. You might be struggling with depression and dark thoughts at these worrying times. But listen, something better is coming. Keep your fork. And I think if there was an Easter Sunday when we needed to know something better is coming, it is this Easter 2020. We're told that in these next few weeks, the COVID-19 virus will bring much suffering and we will lose many Americans. And in nations all around the world, there is suffering. Uh, our friends in Haruma slum in Faraha are deeply fearful as the virus has entered the slum. It's touching all of our families, 
either by illness or by economic loss or by fear and anxiety, and for some, even death. Oh, we need to know our faith needs to tell us something better is coming. And there have been several times in our history when we've needed to know something better is coming. Uh, just last Sunday, Palm Sunday, I listened to the speech of Queen Elizabeth, the real queen, not the one on Netflix, okay? She's the longest-serving monarch, 93 years old. And she can remember, as she said in that address just last Sunday, she can remember 1940 and addressing the nation as children were being evacuated because of World War II and all of its horrors. Something better is coming. I think of veterans who have served in Vietnam or in Desert Storm or Afghanistan, and thousands have lost their lives. Something better is coming. I think of our nation back at 9-11, and, and I know exactly where I was when I watched with shock the Twin Towers falling. My father and mother were here from Scotland. We were downtown Chicago. We were in a little cafe, and we saw on the television screens the towers fall and the silence in the skies that followed. Something better is coming. I think of family members, some elderly, but some my age or younger, and They've lost their lives after valiant fights with cancer or heart disease, and, and day in, day out, it's a struggle, it's a fight. Something better is coming. This is the cry of history, our history. We live under a curse. The theologians call it the fall. And on Easter of all days, we need to know our theology, the truth behind, behind how life works. Every day, every day we deal with annoyances. And, and deeper than annoyances, we deal with regrets. We regret decisions that locked us into particular careers. We, we rue youthful discretions. We, we regret long neglect of friends and family members. Memories of the past sometimes hurt us or haunt us. We suffer pangs and pains from aging. We feel walled in by loneliness. We suffer boredom. We suffer fear, fear of illness, fear of job loss, fear of the death of love. We know how life works. And while we talk about being free, while we spend hours and dollars in the pursuit of happiness, we live in bondage. We, we are bound. We are in prison cells, walls of fear and regret pushing in on us. It's as if we're slaves or we're prisoners. And, and this was the fight that we lost in the Garden of Eden. It was the fight of sin. It was the fight of selfishness. It was the entry into our world of an intruder, an intruder that was and is evil. On Easter Sunday, we need to know our theology. Something better needs to come because this this is not the way it's supposed to be. When God created, He said, God saw, God saw all that He made, and it was very good. But sin stains, and sin pollutes, and evil destroys, and evil vandalizes, and evil graffitis over the image of God in whom we've, had, in, in whom we've been created and evil thrusts a virus upon us. And we live keeping our fork, hoping something better is coming. 
I've learned a lot from my African-American brothers and sisters. Uh, when I lived in Chicago, I, I preached at some African-American churches. And oh boy, that's fun. Uh, I, I, I like it because one of the reasons why is they let you know how you're doing when you're preaching. Like, I mean, in our church, some of you nod and a few of you clap. But back then on the south side of Chicago, when you were doing well, the ladies would sway and they would say, thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. And the men folk would say, preach it, brother. Preach it. But, but when you're not doing so well, <laughs> the women would raise their hands and they would say, help him, Jesus. Help him, Jesus. It, it was like, it was continual assessment and immediate assessment, you know. Like in our church, you roast the pastor for Sunday lunch. But in an African-American congregation, they tell you right away if you're losing it or if you're winning it. But my African-American brothers, who particularly I met in Chicago, they tackle Easter Sunday every Sunday. You see, in the evangelical tradition, we tend to leave Jesus on the cross most Sundays. We believe that there is a sin problem, and we see the cross as the central motif of Christianity. We see our sin as the problem that's stopped us being in a right relationship with God, and that sin problem has to be dealt with, and Jesus on the cross dealt with our sin problem. And if you listened on Palm Sunday, that was our Palm Sunday message. Jesus was the perfect burnt offering, and He died as a substitute for you and for me because of my sin and because of your sin. He bore our sins on His own body on the tree. He died, and He shed His blood to make atonement for our sins, our past, our errors, our mistakes. That's Good Friday, and that's why it's called Good Friday. And, and all of that is completely correct. We do have a sin problem. We do need to be reconciled with God. And Christ's death on Good Friday dealt with our sins, and that's good news. But my African-American brothers and sisters, while they understand the sin problem, they also sharply know the living problem. So they never leave Jesus on the cross. They always raise Him from the dead. And that resurrection from the dead takes the good news and makes it even better good news. They know that while our sins distance us from God, they also know that we live lives that are lives that seem bound and in prison. We live as though we're slaves. We're slaves to fear, we're slaves to regret, and we're slaves to the evil that grips and holds this world. They, maybe more than most, understand what it is to live under the effects of the fall and the sense of the boundness and the imprisonment that we suffer. If for many of us, especially of European descent, the central motif of our faith is the cross of Jesus Christ. For many of our brothers and sisters of African descent, the central motif of their faith is the story of deliverance, the story of the exodus, the story of the Israelites being rescued out of Egypt, the narrative of Israel escaping bondage and imprisonment, the amazing exodus and the rescue of God's people from being slaves. You heard the song that I can't get out my head these days. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescued me and I will stand and sing. I am a child of God. What testimony to the rescue and the redemption that God brings to us 
And it was there in the people of Israel as they came out of Egypt and across the Red Sea. And it's the invitation for you and I to live with that deliverance. Now, the fact is Christ died. And we must never confuse the fact and the theory. So, the fact is Christ died. But the theory or the theology asks the question, what's going on when he died? What all happened as a result of that amazing fact? So, listen to a little theological history this Easter. Since the medieval period, that's the 11th century through to the 15th century, our understanding of the cross was that it was a sacrifice for us paying the debt for sin that we could never pay. In 1517, the reformer Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the door of the castle church in Wittenberg. And those theses explained that the sacrifice of Christ was a satisfaction offered to God to satisfy His holiness. The term is penal substitution. Our sin demands a penalty. God asks for that. And Christ died in our place to pay the penalty. Penal substitution. But that's from the 11th century onwards. There were 10 centuries before the 11th century. And penal substitution was not, for those 10 centuries, the dominant view. There was one dominant view, a view that reflected the hardship and the fears that Christians everywhere were experiencing and feeling. And the theologians call it Christus Victor. Rather than seeing the cross as something that dealt with our sin problem and enabled us to have a relationship with God and gain heaven, penal substitution, Christus Victor provided every Christian with an interpretation of reality, especially the pain and the disappointment that we experience down here. And not just an interpretation of it, Christus Victor gives us a new way to face life and its challenges, its disappointments, and its hurts. Listen to Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. The Apostle Paul writes, Christ disarmed the powers and authorities, and He has made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in the cross. The Nicene Creed declared it. The Chalcedon Creed declared it. And Paul the Apostle announced it. Christ's death was a victory over evil. Christus victor. And here is the incredible truth of that victory. Christ would defeat evil by letting evil do its worst to Him. All the way through the life of Jesus, He faced the force of evil. But while He daily faced the force of evil, he lived differently. He would turn the other cheek. He would go the second mile. He would take up His cross. He would be the light of the world. He would be the salt of the earth. He would display what it is to live life the way that God had intended life to be lived. When you read the Gospels, all the way through the story, evil is gathering around Jesus like storm clouds gathering. From the very beginning, when Herod 
decided to kill all the babies when he heard that a Messiah had been born. That sets the tone. And day in, day out, evil comes to challenge Jesus possessed people, the Pharisees, the Roman guards, the Sanhedrin, Satan himself tempting him. When Jesus was arrested in the garden, Jesus says, this is your hour and the power of darkness. The evil of all the world is being lured into this one place on this one man, Jesus. And so, theologically, you ask the question, how will Jesus conquer evil and its power? This power that has dominated and controlled lives right across history, both history past and history to come. How? And the answer that the Gospels give us is that Jesus will conquer evil by dying. And in His death, He would defeat evil. Why? How? Because the worst that evil can do is kill you. And three days later, on the third day, <laughs> the stone rolled away, the grave clothes fell off, and there was, for the first time ever, the triumphant Son of Man, Son of God, Jesus Christ, and He rose from the very bowels of the worst that evil could do. No wonder the Apostle Paul writes, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. L listen to the words of an Easter sermon from the pen of Melito, the Bishop of Sardis in AD 195. I, he says, am the Christ. I am the one who destroyed death and triumphed over the enemy, and trampled Hades underfoot, and bound the strong one, and carried off man to the heights of heaven. I, he says, am the Christ. Something better had come. Something all oh, much better had come. Death had been defeated, and in its death, Evil had lost the fight. And yes, it might still try to bite and sting, but its power has been vanquished. The risen Christ has the victory. The risen Christ is the victor, Christus Victor. You try preaching this sitting down. Christ the victor, Easter Sunday. It was the second Christian book that I purchased. I was about 13 years old. And the author was a guy who became actually a significant mentor in my early years and was instrumental in me coming to America, Dr. Tony Campolo. And he wrote a book called, It's Friday But Sunday's Coming. And the title, he said, came from a preach-off that pastors were holding a pastor preach off, you, you bring together a congregation and then you bring four or five pastors and, and they preach back to back to see who's the best. <laughs> well, they never say that, but, you know, we know that's what's going on, okay? And Dr. Campolo, Tony, had just preached and he thought he'd done well. When he sat down, he sat down next to his old pastor and the old pastor patted him on the knee and said, not bad, boy, not, not bad at all. But sit back and enjoy me. And this older African-American pastor, Dr. Clarence, got to the pulpit and he began to preach. And he began to preach one line. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. One line. <laughs> it didn't sound like much when he started, Campolo said. 
But he worked that line. It's Friday. Jesus was dead on the cross. But that's because it's Friday. Sunday's coming. Ah, he, he got into it, okay? Friday. People are saying all things have been so, uh, uh, as things have been, so things will be. You ain't going to change things in this world. But I'm here to tell you, that's Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scarlet. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The world's winning. People are sinning. Evil's grinning. But that's Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross, feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can anybody save him? Ah, oh, it's Friday. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Hope is lost. Death has won. Sin has conquered. And Satan's just a laughing. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard. A rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It's only Friday. Sandy's coming. Oh, and if we were gathered together, I'd shout it loud. That's only Friday. And I'd have you shout back, Sunday's coming. And some of you might join in, but likely most of you would pleasantly do the Baptist nod. But this is Christus Victor. We are Sunday people. We are third day people. We are people who understand that evil would do its worst. But even when evil does its worst, Jesus can break through and there will always be a Sunday. That's Easter. It's the first Easter and it's Easter 2020. Even if evil is doing its worst, there's going to be a Sunday. So go right back to my opening story of the lady who wanted to be buried with a fork. I get it. I think she got it. After death, because of Christ, something better is coming, and it's big, and it's good, and it's eternal life. But she didn't quite get it. Because the reality of the resurrection is that this very day, today. I don't only want to be buried with a fork, but I get to live every single day with the fork. Because today, this very moment, Christus Victor, I get to put my fork into something better that has now come. Today, I can know forgiveness of sins. Today, I can experience the indwelling of the life of Christ by His Spirit. Today, I can enjoy the gift of His daily grace and His constant mercy. Today, in my life and in my family and in my neighborhood, there is breaking in the kingdom of God, His rule and His reign. His peace today can be real his power to help and to heal and to restore and rescue is present. His hope holds me today. His love compels you and I today. His risen power delivers you and me to today live with the knowledge that we are children of God. My adoption has been signed and sealed. He is my father, and I am his child. I am now and forever will be a child of the king. Take your fork. And this Easter, stick it into the depths and the delight of all that he has died and risen to make you. Stick it in real deep and take as big a piece of the pie as you possibly can. Because that something better has now come.
and the resurrection of Jesus from the dead confirms the victory. Easter 2020. An Easter where we know evil is here and the spread of a virus causing fear and depression and death confirms evil. But Christ has risen. The victory has been won. Place your life into His hands and live out the resurrection that He has gained. So, as we end this Easter service, our worship team are going to lead us in a benediction, a blessing that's been given to you, a blessing from God. So, rather than just leave and get into your Easter lunch, pause. Just quieten your heart and join in this blessing and receive it from the risen Christ. And may you know a difference this Easter. Amen.
Heavenly Father, that is our prayer this morning. That though we may be far away from each other, physically, Lord, you are never far away. And your son paid the ultimate price for us to be in relationship with you. So this morning, as we proclaim the victory of your son, Jesus, Lord, we pray that these words would ring true, that we would be reminded us that you are with us, ever-present, wherever we are. You are for us. You go before us. Let that blessing be true as we seek you throughout this coming week, Lord. And we give you all the glory and all the praise to the great God that you are and the great victory that your son proclaimed when he came out of that tomb, Lord. All honor and praise go to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a blessed and wonderful week.